Hi guys, uh, this is episode 3 of the new season. Um, today's episode is starring um, I guess today's episode is starring Joshua Miles and myself talking about fulfillment. Uh, this episode was recorded like quite a while ago, so if um, also it, there's a there's a few cameos from my mom in the background speaking Yoruba. So uh, forgive us for the noise, and um, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Episode, um, today, me and Josh are having a discussion about working life, um, especially working life um, in the 21st century for young adults and so on. So today's episode is going to be centered around like how, like, you know, like today's episode will be centered around fulfillment of working life and how, actually, no, how working life lacks fulfillment. And how, based on certain principles, um, you know, of certain principles we believe in, like, you know, you want to try and achieve the best in life, you want to live a happy life, how work is a hindrance to these type of principles. Um, so, yeah, Josh, what's your job currently? Currently, I am working in admin at an Anastasia agency. So, I do all of the um, office paperwork and so on. Emails, answering the phone, just all of that malarkey. Estate agents are very annoying people. <laughs> it's very true. So I can imagine, They're not very liked. I can imagine your day... Nah, I, had, I got beef with estate agents, man. Oh. <laughs> but I can imagine your daily your daily work life is, you know, is very stressful. It's extremely stressful. Like, you know, can you tell us, walk us through, like, an average day? Well, okay. Um, An average day, Uh, we start in the morning and... Because my role is more on the property management side of things, as in the the rental properties, all the tenants, any complaints come along to me. Oh, no. So, like, I start my day and it's literally, I'm checking the emails to see who's, whose boiler is broken down, whose radiator isn't working, who found mice yesterday. Who's withholding rent. <laughs> exactly, who's withholding, <laughs> like, the whole thing. That's, that's how I start my day. Then we have a meeting about ooh, well, what are the biggest issues to tackle today? What what can we do? So-and-so is complaining now. Complaints every single week because boilers break down, radiators don't work, it's winter, everyone is upset, and people want things fixed instantly. But we don't have instant contractors just waiting around saying, yep, I'm going straight there to fix that boiler, yep, that radiator, I'm taking that. No, they're like, ah, well, I'll get there on Wednesday and it's Monday or, you know, I'll get there... I can probably do Friday evening, you know, and no one wants to hear that. Yeah, because you're living in a house. Nobody, you just assume the house should be fixed. Exactly. Always, at, like, at your beck and call. Mm. I feel like there's a very toxic working mentality 100%. right now. 100%. Especially, especially in, the, in the most developed countries in the mm. world. Mm. Because it's like, 
for so long, these com- these countries are where the pressure points um, have been in terms of making money, achieving good things in life. Um, how, how do you feel like the 21st century is helping to shape our like working mentality? When has it for 21st century? Mm. Like, let's say, actually, yeah, 21st century, yeah. start from like 2000. Okay, right. I mean, that's the thing because the way that we work now in this century is so far removed from the way that we used to work. I mean... People used to have designated roles, like someone would be a farmer, someone would be, someone is an architect and they build buildings, someone is a blacksmith, someone, like everyone knew their roles, their place in society, and they found purpose and meaning in that. Like someone would say, okay, I'm, I'm the farmer, I'm going to grow the best fruits and vegetables, I'm going to provide the best meat, you know, to the butcher, the butcher's going to do his his bit and everything. Nowadays, we're here, we're we're majority of us there's like 30 percent of us in like clerical work doing administration office jobs i'm scanning documents you're doing this people on the telephones telemarketing and everything and it's it's easy to get lost in all of that and wonder why am i doing this you know what what is this contributing to the greater picture and that that's another thing that you hear millennials talk about all the time people that from the younger generations that they go into a workplace and they they can't find themselves in it. They're like, what is my purpose here? I'm not making a difference. I'm not making an impact because the actual impactful roles are higher up. And there's something about not, not making an impact or a difference that affects you mentally in um, how you see yourself and how you see your role. And if you, if you feel that your job, which you're doing eight hours, eight, eight nine hours a day, isn't important, it depresses you. And we, we find that nowadays a lot of people are experiencing mental health issues, stress that's entirely work-related. And like just um, to link into the idea of depression, because mm. obviously, like you said, depression is one of the biggest, um, I think one of the biggest discoveries of this century in the sense that this is something which before people didn't acknowledge. And in the last like five, six years, is suddenly so many people are diagnosed with depression, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The working habits of people, how much do you think that contributes to, to like depression? One thing, it all depends on whether the person enjoys that job or not, whether they enjoy their role and their part in what, what it is the, those hours are producing. You know, firstly, yeah, I, I, I don't enjoy the role. I mean... For one thing, I, I'm not quali- I'm, I'm qualified, but I'm not qualified to be dealing with these certain issues that I do in my job personally when it comes to like management of properties and stuff. I mean, when it comes to my, my, own, <laughs> my own apartment where, where I'm there with my mother, I'm the guy that calls a guy. Like I call a contractor to do stuff. I, I don't go and say, oh, well, this is how you fix the boiler. This is how you do this. I don't know that. If it came down to it and I had an issue, I'll be like, okay, first I'll go on Google. Google is our friend. Yeah. I'll go on there and be like, okay, boiler's not working. There's the manual. This is the um the serial number. What do I do? If I can't figure it out, I'm going to call somebody. Yeah. But I, someone like me who doesn't have that knowledge shouldn't be in the, the first point of contact for someone who is having an issue. Yeah, because from the other side, you think the person on the phone uh, has all the expertise and they've, been, they've literally been trained in mm. nothing else but how to fix your exactly. plumbing. But if, to, you know. if I'm on the same level as them, it's not helping anyone. But if I'm doing that eight hours a day, tenants are complaining, 
listen, my boiler is this, da 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 da, it's a combi, blah blah blah, I have no idea what they're talking about, and they're expecting me to be the expert on the other end of the phone, I don't know, they don't know, and I'm here in this position for 11 hours a day. That's, that's depressing. So for example, a few years ago, I used to work in um, hospitality. Yeah. Because during uni, I, I, you know, most university students, we need to have a bit of a job here, like you know, a part-time job to help feed and stuff, of right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. What, like, one, of the, one of the things that really that I noticed big time was the hours we were working. So for example, zero-hour contracts. So, for example, sometimes you would do 16-hour shifts if you, if you found it and you were willing to do it. But the thing is, we, all we were thinking about was money. Mm. But you, we weren't thinking about the fact that that was crippling to your mental state. You can't have any social life in that situation. You can't fulfill anything you want. Exactly, yeah. You, know, you can't make any plans. And those type of things, they, they really weighed me down. I started to get anxiety. I started to feel really depressed. I just used to feel like, oh, life is basically hopeless. And I'm a really positive guy. Mm. So if, I, if I'm feeling life is hopeless, then I get worried. That's, that's a bad place to be. You know, because I always like, I, the way I think about it is if I'm feeling anything is hopeless, how's everybody else feeling? Because mm. I'm really, I'm the guy who tries my best to be as positive as possible. Um, the first place I could think of um, from a psychology point of view when you think about fulfillment is like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with I that? am, yes, okay. The hierarchy of needs that Maslow came up with, it was back in the 1940s, and it's, he was basically just trying to understand how it is that humans are motivated, what it is that makes humans do what humans do. Whichever role that they're in, what it, like... Whether it relates to their job, whether it relates to their relationships with their family members, friends, lovers, or just themselves as, as, as a human being. What, what motivates us? What causes us to do the things that we do? And so he came up with this, this pyramid structure where at the bottom it speaks about the basic needs that we have like food, water, the, like the need to, for nourishment, the, the need for shelter, the need for warmth. So that we're not out there in the free in the freezing conditions or extreme heat. And then he, he said, okay, a step on from that is safety and security. Someone has to feel that they're not going to be attacked by an animal or something while, while, they're, while they're about. You know, that they're, they're safe at home. They're secure in their home in the knowledge that no one's going to break in or something. So these are basic needs. And then above that, then people start considering, okay... Those around them, how, how their relationships are, whether their relationships are loving or full of hate, whether it's full of anger. And then people start looking for fulfillment in what they do, for purpose in their lives. We spend so much of our lives working, you know. And then above that, it's self-fulfillment, like how they relate to themselves as a person, their own self-esteem, their, their, how they view their own character. And at the top of the pyramid, he put this thing, which he called self-actualization, which is basically a human being reaching their maximum level of excellence in in happiness, in um, talents and skills, and basically a higher knowledge of self. The important thing about the hierarchy of needs is like, you know, you can always kind of put yourself on the table. Mm. Like you can always try to gauge where you are like at this moment in time, like at what level do you feel is the is a very healthy level to be at? Hmm. Well, it's tricky because um, when you're at university, you were there and you're thinking, oh, well, 
I'm here and I need to get food. I need money for food. Like these are basic needs. But at the same time, you're still thinking about I'm here for my education, you know, and that's higher up the pyramid. So at different stages, we can actually find ourselves at different places along this pyramid. But when it comes to um, what stage we should all be um, at and aspiring for is for, to find purpose, to find purpose in our lives, to actually reach, reach that moment when we say I'm, I'm uh, the journey that I'm on is one that I'm happy about and even if I never get there just the fact that I'm taking this journey is something that provides me with happiness you know and that's something we have to find in our lives because like the way the the way work the working life is set um, you know for, for example a normal average person so you for example you work mm. eight like let's say nine hours a day five days a week uh, you probably have to come in in the weekend sometimes because, you know, tenants, they bitch about everything. I know. Um, do you, like, where is where is the time to fulfill, to feel fulfillment, to feel like you're on your journey? That's a good question because uh, a lot of the time when, when you're so stuck in, like you said, the, the work environment and everything, it's hard for us to find the time to actually think about what do I want? What do I want in life? What is what will give me that sense of fulfillment and purpose? Like, what am I actually striving for? But when there's so many problems in your life, there's so many other things that are distracting you, whether it's working life, work stress. I find that when it, yeah, sometimes like um, in the early mornings or on the weekends, just you just take the, the time to, to consider like my life. What am I doing with it? Where am I going? with this, what do I want? Do I really like the direction that I'm on? I've been extremely stressed at work. I, there was one point where actually the GP said, you know what, I'm signing you off for two weeks. There's, there's no way you can go in at your, in your current state, which- That's insane, like for that, the GP to actually tell you you have to take two weeks off. Yeah, and when I went to her, I wasn't, I wasn't there asking for time off. I just said, wow, I'm feeling extremely bad. I need to go see someone about this. And she's like, oh no, no you need to be signed off. Because that's something that we don't really talk about. You know, we don't really talk about work stress. We don't really talk about things like depression and stuff. We want to brush it off. We want to tell people, snap out of it. I was telling myself to snap out of it. Like, come on, George, man, it's just a job. Pick yourself up, go in. Do the doctor is there, the one telling me, you cannot go in. Like, you, you might collapse of exertion. You might try to self-harm. I don't know what you're capable of, but in your current mind frame, you shouldn't be working right now. For okay, so for example, um, there, um, there was the you know there are times in our there were times in our lives when we were like five year olds, six year olds, we would be asked, "What do you want to be in life?" Want to be in life. What that do you question. Do when you yeah. grow up. And everybody would give you so many answers to that question mm -hmm. because you know children, young, creative, imaginative, and the sad thing is right. Those teachers, because obviously now we're a bit older, we're not even that old, we're you know, 23. Mm -hmm. So, But the sad thing is, is, at that time, you imagine those teachers looking at us, thinking, you dumb, you dumb, <laughs> you know, you dumb motherfucker, you have no idea. Because if, like, I remember when I was a kid, I used to think, do teachers do this because they want, to, you know, is this what they always wanted to mm -hmm. be? Did they always want to be teachers? When everybody Great asked, question, what do you want to be? And I want to be a rapper, I want to be a pilot, I want to be a teacher. Like, and it's so sad how, like, the older you get, the more you feel like, 
in a lot of ways your dreams are dying or your dreams will probably die mm. but like how can we change that mindset like what do you think as a society or as let's, as individuals mm. that we can do to try and improve that mindset because it's not all fucked up we can isn't, no. achieve we can be great mm-hmm. so how would you you know think that we should try and improve that that mindset well for one thing i would say that when it comes to um things like the whole education system right so when i say that when i bring up the education system i mean it's the even just the general cultural idea that what you do you go to school so that you can graduate and get your degree so that you can end up in a job yeah but not when when you hear people talk about the things that they want to do in life yes you'll get the people that say I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be an engineer, I want to be a computer scientist, and so on. And yeah, for them, that path does make sense. But you don't really need a degree if you're trying to go into art or music or... Those are more creative paths. And I feel that what we do is we say, oh, well, you need to be able to earn money. And we're already discouraging someone the, the second whole, they the come out with their dreams. Yeah. The whole capi- yeah, capitalism yeah. just comes in the, the money again. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is so someone is there like and your dream instantly in that moment already becomes a plan b or something you're gonna do when you've retired like how are you gonna go living your whole life doing something you don't really want to do because oh, well so and so told me it's gonna make money and uh, obviously what i really want to do i might be broke and yeah. I mean, I don't want to be a busker just because <laughs> I want to play the guitar for a living, you know? So I'm going to go become, you know, an architect or whatever. Like, like, I've, like I feel like um, with the... Because we live in the age of social media. We live in the age of technology. I feel like in a lot of ways, these platforms have been very helpful in allowing people to actually actually like follow their dreams more. Mm-hmm. So, for example, things like... Like YouTube, you, yeah. Instagram, they we have a lot of people on those platforms who are like either comedians or bloggers, like or vloggers rather. And as much as people like I, for example, make a lot of jokes about YouTubers. I'm like, ah, they, you know, because they're annoying sometimes. But as much as people might say, oh, that's not the normal way to do things. I actually really respect that and feel like that is in that is in a big way. One of the, the the way society and the world in general, like the world at large, is trying to reshape that, mm-hmm. you know, that whole mm-hmm. idea of trying to achieve your dreams, because if somebody can make millions a year literally just by driving around town or taking their their fo- their phones around with them and recording themselves, or if somebody if a girl can make uh, millions just because she knows how to do makeup tutorials. Um, that's like it, it's it's good because it diversifies the society. The way society thrives is by is, is by people having employment or having a way to a way of life, like they they uh, no not a way of life but having a way of income. Mm. And the government, for example, is always looking for new ways to generate income. Why not get people? Why not motivate people more to invest in themselves? So that if they do well and they're good at what they want to do and they take it seriously, they can use that as a bridge to, you know, to help themselves and actualize their dreams and also help society get more money to spend on other things in general. That was no question that I was just, I was just talking about. 
Yeah, no, no I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And by going back to uh, what I said about education and stuff, it's about changing that mindset. So when someone is asking you, what do you want to do in the future? Don't instantly shut someone down. That's their dream. That's what they've come out with. Trying, if, if teachers at that moment started saying, okay, these are the different options that are available to you. You talked about social media and all of these new internet platforms that are available to people to actually go after these kind of dreams. Um, the other day I was on YouTube. There's literally a YouTuber who's there. Her passion is psychology, you know, and psychology, you have options. Of course, you can go into um, psychotherapy or whatever it is that you want to do. But she's there and her passion is teaching people psychology and she doesn't want to be a teacher. She's just there on YouTube sharing all these ideas and stuff. There's that. There's, there's people that are passionate about history. They don't want to be historians. No, they, they just want to share their, their passion. And online, it gives you a platform for that. Someone that is, is really, um, really psyched about World War II history and facts and stuff. And people will pay him to travel around and, and go... Just to find out some stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And go to these sites and everything. And that's the kind of op options that the internet has opened up to people. Like also one another thing that uh, the rise of technology has helped with a lot is um, like uh, what's that thing called? Is it C to C like um, person to person type business? Where oh yeah, peer to peer. Peer to peer, yeah. where rather than going through a middleman, you just do it by yourself. So yeah. like the like one of the best ways to generate income and to make people autonomous is by allowing people to interact themselves and letting the public decide. Who succeeds and who doesn't mm. so if i like so if somebody is um like there's this instagram guy i don't know if he raps i don't know what he does outside instagram but he's a he's a prankster he goes into shops in america his name is bunk okay. i don't you guys have you have you ever heard of him i'll show you some videos after he's stupid <laughs> he's so stupid but he goes into like restaurants or public places he act like a normal citizen until you know like the, the one i can remember he went into a jewelry store asked to try on some watches they gave him the watches to try and he was acting like you know i'm rich the minute they gave him the watch and he put it on his leg he just ran that's what he does he just ran and starts screaming and he always gets arrested mm -hmm. now we don't know if it's staged or not but he gets millions of views mm. he gets and that those millions of views as as crazy as it sounds they translate into eventually they translate into advertising dollars, is which helps him to make money. So in those type of situations, it's very helpful to have these type of platforms for people, especially people who don't actually know what they want to do, to just interact with the, with the community, with the people. And if people really do agree with you, not agree, so if people believe in what you're doing or mm. they find it entertaining, yeah. that's enough. And so when, let's, to go back to the working life, yeah. right? Do you have any ideas on how like um, jobs, how work can make people's lives easier, make it more conducive for them? As in what, like the actual places of the employment? The actual places of employment. Okay, yeah. For one thing, roles need to be more focused to um, the um, the individual, what, what it is that... Because how it is now, you get an interview, uh, the boss or the employer or someone, manager, whoever it is, they say, yeah, okay, we like you, we're going to bring you on. This is what you're going to do. You know, but there's no there's no real involvement from you in your role. It's just what you've been tasked to do and it's thrown on you and you're thinking, This is what I need to do to earn a living. <laughs> you know, and there's there's no 
actual thought to that person's well-being, their, their safety and security, all those needs that we discussed earlier. There's no real thought to how is this, like, the best employees are the ones that are genuinely motivated, that wake up, the ones that you see them, they're not, they're not exactly dancing, but they're really happy to go into work and they, they talk to you, they want to talk to you about their job. Yeah. You know, like that's literally, that's, and it is something that we, we spend, what, 40 hours a week at work. That's, that's a large part of your life. Yeah, you'd hope you'd, you'd be hope excited about something. You'd be excited part. about that, exactly. That's, so, and what I'm saying is that employers, they just leave it up to you at that, that exact moment where you're getting interviewed and, and you've, you've been given this, the position to decide, yep, this is for me. And that's, that's you until you either quit or get fired. There's yeah. no back and forth. There's no, ooh, so how are you finding the role? What can we do to help you? What you can do to help us? How is this leading towards your, your actual goals in life? Yeah. You know, actual sit down meetings where people discuss, like, why are you here? If you're just here to get an employer shouldn't want someone that is just there to make money because that person isn't the best employee for them. Whatever the job is, there are people I, I've, I'm going to give this as an example. I have seen people who literally they're not they are not um, street cleaners. They're just random people going about up and down the streets of London. But they'll actually be picking things up from the street as they go along. Because oh, yeah, they I, say, I think I've seen this as well. Yeah. Yeah. People that actually want the streets of London to be clean. Because it's the environment. That's yeah. why they, they want it, yeah. Hmm. They want their society, they call their society to look good. People, there are other people like that who are around that income level who, if they were given the job, yep, you, you're here to clean the streets. They'll, they'll have a different motivation besides, oh, I'm just doing this for money, you know? And then if you, if you apply that kind of thinking to all other roles, all other jobs... Then you, you end up with people that are happy to go to work, are not feeling depressed and stressed about it because they're not just there, oh, I'm doing it to pay these lousy bills, this lousy rent, <laughs> you know, I just, I need money to eat. It's about getting to that point where people actually value their contributions to society instead of saying, well, I'm just doing this for a paycheck. Because yeah. you're actually producing, producing lower quality work that affects the economy. Yeah, because paycheck work is <laughs> paycheck work is useless because you try to live, but you literally don't give a single fuck about what you're doing. No, no, and no. the minute you get your paycheck and you somehow got enough money to leave, you there is no out. loyalty whatsoever. Someone that is actually motivated will stay on. <laughs> motivated people work harder, they work longer, and they're happy about doing so. Like, yeah. like there are like so for example, there are people. There's a lot of people who. Their, their ambitions in life is just to be happy. Mm. So these type of people are content in a lot of situations with just um, having a normal working life where it's not like, oh, I want to get to the top of the company. They're happy to be in the same yeah. position for years. Exactly. And there's no you problem them, with yeah. that. But Everyone's different. Every, you know, so Because every, everybody's different. But it's good because in their instance, Mom, please, so they're happy because in their in their obviously in their lives mm. that's what they want. But how about but the people who you know you're more we're more concerned with are people like us who might feel like genuinely oh, okay. So for example, you want to be a politician, you want to be a lawyer, or you want to be a graphics designer. 
you want to feel like you know you're going to have to put in a ridiculous amount of hours to fulfill yourself. That job, that role you're doing should give you some form of fulfillment so that exactly. you can so that at least you can be happy to show up, you know. Mm. It's the least you can do. Like people have people are in the military, you know. Till this day, like I find it crazy how people are actively sign up for the military. I know it's patriotic and obviously God bless I, them. I feel I find it nuts to be honest. And yet yeah. and yet people are extremely proud to be in the military. Knowing fully well that there's a possibility one day they might be called up first and they might die. Hmm. And that's the that's the beauty of it. Like if you like everybody has whatever they really, really passionately want exactly, to do. Exactly, yeah. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But the work environment should be more conducive just so that, you know, if we just so that it, it helps us actualize what we want. And that's that's actually another part of what you said about living in the twenty first century. You know, because centuries before you you knew these people on a personal level. This isn't someone that's removed from you, someone that's commuting into work. This is someone who lives two two roads down from you yeah. and that is working for you in whatever your small little um, village business is. You know, so you knew that person, and because you had that relationship with them, you wanted to protect them. You actually cared about what they're doing. Ooh, how's your family? How's so-and-so? Blah, blah, blah. How, how are you doing in terms of the rent? These, these, <laughs> these were normal things for you. It wasn't just some awkward boss talking down to his employee. No, it was, they were, it was a friendship level. Yeah. You know? Nowadays, everything is so removed. It's so far apart. Like, we have the richest people at the top mm. just sending out memos. Like, say, you send out some email saying, oh, thank, thank you to thousands of staff working with us. <laughs> yeah. I truly appreciate every, each and every one of you. No, you yeah. don't. You don't even know my name. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. That, yeah. that whole idea of, you don't even know my name. That was something that was actually taken very seriously back in the day. Mm. Like, I say back in the day. Well, <laughs> back in the, in the past. Yeah. Whereas in today's time, it's like, you're just another number. Mm. You're just a sign-in Time you just a sign in number yeah. and a sign out and number. a paycheck like another person I have to pay at the end of the month. How do you feel workplaces can better adjust themselves to this new phenomenon of mental health? For one thing, um, I would say that employers and managers, supervisors, and so on, they need to be more understanding of um, like for what like when people get signed off for things that are physical, like illnesses and stuff, those are clear to, those are easy to see. Yeah. But the mental stuff, that's inside. Someone can be smiling at you, but they know if they're not smiling, you're their boss. <laughs> they don't want to get fired, you know? Exactly. So they're, they're, they have to, obviously, every time we, we go for a job that isn't something that we're extremely passionate about or something, we are putting on a face, you know, like... Even some of our CVs are just nonsense, you know? It's just nonsense to get it's into like, the door. It's like, this person? <laughs> you're, so, you're, you're there and you, you put on this image of there's Joshua, then there's Joshua at work. You know, hi, how, how can I help you and stuff. Yeah. There's that old other person. And that person, uh, when it comes to um, the employer's point of view, they, they need to be able to pick up on things of, of like body language and how someone is genuinely relating to that job and say Ooh, this this guy looks stressed you know that's that's one stepping stone um towards 
them uh, not finding themselves down the line. Oh, so and so is off for three weeks because he's <laughs> he's too stressed to come in. Exactly, because if you get burnt out, yeah, you're not you're useless. Because then you're not going to show up to work, and they still kind of have to pay you. Exactly, they gotta pay you, and then they gotta go pay somebody else to come do your job while you're away. You know, so it's the, it's there noticing the signs, being able to to have that conversation with someone, reducing the, some of the stigma towards. I mean. I'll say this before I was signed off from, from work due to stress. I used to think, stress? Really? Your leg's not broken. You can, <laughs> you can come into work. What are you doing? And then I got stressed myself. And I'm like, whoa, there is no way in my condition I could go into work right now. Like, I, I might fire off at somebody. Who knows? But I don't know what I'm capable of. Because my mental state is just work, work, work has brought me down to such a level that anything is possible and it's not, I don't think all the options are good. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's part of the things that um, employers can implement, actually having that platform where someone can discuss issues and not feel that their, their job is on the line if you say, oh, um, I am feeling overwhelmed. <laughs> like you said, not everyone, that job is going to be where they find fulfillment, you know? But that job is a stepping stone because you're there, that income is helping you, and maybe something in that job is also helping you on the side with whatever it is you're trying to fulfill. Yeah. Like say you're, maybe what really fulfills you is going on holiday, right? Like you, you're really passionate about learning everything you can about the planet and going to all these beautiful places and taking all these pictures and posting on Instagram, <laughs> the whole thing, right? But your job at the same time you're not just there Ooh, I'm just I'm just here earning money to go travel there's something about these jobs that you're doing that are yes they're not your full passion but you're still you still enjoy them enough that it's, it's not just the base level I'm just here earning money and like another thing is I think what um, this is this is just around now but I think what I've noticed uh, quite a few companies do these days is they try to they try to get their staff members like after work clubs start like so for example some companies will give you free uh, I'll use the school I work in so in the school I work in uh, there's an app called Headspace where which is like a meditation app Uh, they brought in some people to speak to the students and the staff about Headspace and mental health and they gave every, all staff members in the school free Headspace subscription for a year. Like that, that is pushing your staff members to be like, download this app, it's free. Mm-hmm. Use it to meditate. They have a yoga teacher who comes in for the students and the staff. They give the staff boxing lessons. They have after-school clubs for the staff members. And it, like, for example, they have this appraisal system where at the end of the week, everybody, all the staff get together. And they speak about, they give shout outs to people who they feel have worked hard that week mm. or who have worked to do something, in, you know, just to encourage your spirit, make you feel like somebody notices me working hard, somebody exactly. notices me going yeah. out of the way. But yeah, I, you know, I'm optimistic about this one. Mm. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I mean, if, if more companies do take the same approach that that school has taken, that's, that's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, you don't want your teachers to be mental. No. <laughs> no, you definitely don't. We've we've had some of those. Yeah, mental. T- yeah, trust me. We we actually personally know yeah. a teacher who went a bit um, off the rails because Ooh. of too much stress, like f- 
full I think that was my first experience of an adult burning out due to stress yeah, yeah. because at that, at that age like 16 you just assume adults are they got it together you, know? you just assume they're supernatural you yeah. just do everything but yeah it's been another episode of our inner voices uh, with your boy Noah Dioye and my guest today Joshua Miles uh, signing out peace out peace Thank you.